Welcome. We have been expecting you. <laughs> Welcome to the Old Radio Comedy Podcast Halloween Special. Welcome to episode 93 of season 2 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast, and welcome to our Halloween special. Even though Halloween is traditionally about ghosts and goblins and getting the bejesus scared out of you, we can still join in on the fun that comes with the holiday here on the podcast by bringing you two back-to-back Halloween-themed episodes of classic comedy radio shows. The first is the October 29th, 1953 Halloween episode of Father Knows Best, followed by the October 30th, 1949 Halloween episode of Our Miss Brooks. So sit back, grab yourself a big mug of hot apple cider, get someone else to answer the trick-or-treaters at your door, and enjoy. Mother, are Post 40% Bran Flakes really the best-tasting cereal of them all? Well, your father says so, and father knows best. Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your neighbors, the Andersons. Brought to you by Instant Sanka, the delicious coffee that lets you sleep, and Post 40% Bran Flakes. Mother, next time you're choosing a cereal, remember, new Post 40% Bran Flakes give your family all the important keep-regular benefits of bran in a cereal with a delicious new magic oven flavor. Insist on Post Bran Flakes, the cereal preferred and eaten by far more people than any other bran flakes. This weekend, get Post 40% Bran Flakes in the new family size 15-ounce package. They're good, and so good for you. When brown October rolls around, the air is crisp and clear, and hearts of men are happy in the twilight of the year. In Springfield, in the white frame house on Maple Street, the Andersons are at breakfast. It's a beautiful day, bright and brisk, and, well, it starts out as a beautiful day anyway, like this. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Daddy. What a day. What a beautiful, wonderful day. Mother. Just a moment, Betty. Here's your cereal, dear. Thank you. Margaret, look at that sun. Look at that sky. Smell those golden leaves burning in the sunlight. Have you ever in your whole life seen a more beautiful day? No, dear. Drink your milk, Kathy. Take a breath of that air. Clear, cold, clean as a whistle. They can talk all they like about spring. This is the time of year that puts zip into a man. Pass the cream and sugar, Betty, please. But if you don't hurry, you're going to be late. Okay, Mom. I tell you, it's weather like this that made America the greatest country in the world. That keeps America on its toes. It's weather like this that stirs up your blood, makes you want to get out and do things, climb a few mountains, jump over a few trees, makes you glad just to be alive. Mother, now? All right, dear. Go ahead. Father, I need five dollars. <laughs> Margaret, why is it that every time I come to the breakfast table, somebody suddenly discovers that he's short five dollars? 
Doesn't anybody in this family ever have enough money? But, Father... Betty, let your father finish. Go ahead, dear. When I was a boy, I had to stick to my allowance. If I needed an extra quarter, I had to go out and work for it. I couldn't just wait until my father was in a good mood and then announce that I needed five dollars. Money didn't grow on trees when I was a boy, and it doesn't grow on trees now. I give each of you an allowance, a very generous allowance, I might say. Ha! Kathy, be quiet. <laughs> hmm. And unless there's an emergency of an unusual and unforeseen nature, I expect every member of this family to get along on the funds allotted to him. Now, is that understood? All right. Mother? All right, dear. Father, I simply have to have five dollars. Betty, I just finished telling you... Why do you need five dollars? For a wig. A wig? What's the matter, getting a little thin on top? Father. <laughs> it's for her costume, Jim. She's going as Marie Antoinette. She's going where as Marie Antoinette? To Janie Liggett's. Janie's having a costume party tonight. Doesn't Janie Liggett ever do anything but give parties? What's the matter with that girl? Dear, it's Halloween, and she just Janie thought... Janie Liggett can find more excuses for a party than Elsa Maxwell's press agent. <laughs> and why this sudden affection for Marie Antoinette? Why doesn't she go as Daniel Boone? I've got an old coonskin hat she can have for nothing. <laughs> I'm going to be a devil. Now, that's more like it, you see. Kathy won't even need a costume. <laughs> Mommy. Kathy, darling, your father was only joking. He hurt my feelings. Say, Dad. Since when is Janie Liggett inviting Kathy to her parties? That's something new, isn't it? Dad. Kathy isn't going to Janie's party, Father. It's a costume ball for grown-ups, not infants. Mommy. Oh, Betty, I wish you wouldn't say things like that. All right, Kathy, stop making faces and drink your milk. Well, she hurt my feelings, too. Say, Dad. Kathy just said she was going to be a devil. Is somebody else giving a party? <laughs> no, dear. Kathy and her little friends are going to play trick-or-treat. We're going to ring doorbells and get candy. I don't think that's a good idea at all. Bunch of hoodlums going around threatening people into giving them ammunition for a stomachache. <laughs> Kathy, you're not going to ring any doorbells, and that's final. Gee whiz. Say, Dad. Bud, will you please stop interrupting? <laughs> talk, 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 and you never say anything. <laughs> Gosh, nobody gives me a chance. All right, what is it? Well, I have to leave for school right away, and I'm going out with the fellas tonight, so could I please have a dollar? No. Now, stop interrupting and let me finish what I was saying. But, Dad... For the last time, Bud, no. You get your allowance on Saturday, and it's got to take care of you for the week. You've got to learn to make your money last. But, Dad... Jim, this is Saturday. That makes absolutely no difference. If Bud thinks... That oh. <laughs> is, isn't it? Gosh, Dad, all I want is my allowance. Well, why didn't you say so? Here, don't spend it all in one place. Oh, thanks, Dad. Bud, are you going to a party tonight? No, not exactly. Joe Phillips bought a Zoom buggy, and we all thought we'd just sort of cruise around for a while. Well, I've got a better idea. We'll celebrate Halloween in a safe and sane manner by going to the movies. Aw, oh, gee. Gee whiz, Dad. Jim, I don't want to make an issue Margaret, of it, but... I will not have the children running around the streets after dark. You know I don't approve of it. I know, dear. But last night, the paper said there was an epidemic of measles in Springfield, and I just All wondered right, if... All right, then, I... we'll stay home. I have no objections. Holy cow. 
Everybody else can go out on Halloween. I hope I get the measles. That's what I hope. I hope everybody gets the measles. Oh, Kathy, you don't mean that. Your father is only doing what he feels is best. You don't have to apologize for me, Margaret. I'm not going to have my children acting like a bunch of juvenile delinquents. Father, you still haven't told me. May I have five dollars? When I was a boy, we had fun on Halloween. (laughs) We weren't a menace to the community. We did all sorts of things like... Taking uh, the gates off fences. Taking the gates off fences. Letting the air out of people's tires. Letting the air out of (laughs) people's... We did no such thing. Well, you were certainly blamed for it. I was framed, and you know it. I wasn't anywhere near the... I was, uh... Well, Halloween was a festive occasion for the entire family. We spent the evening together bobbing for apples, drinking apple cider, biting an apple on a string. You're sure lucky somebody invented apples. (laughs) Very funny. Big joke. Father, if you'd only tell me... Betty, the phone's ringing. Oh, all right. Mother, tell him how important it is. Jim, Betty really has her heart set on it. Oh, I'll let her have the money. You know that. Why does she have to figure out such elaborate costumes? Five dollars for a wig. Say, Margaret, I haven't had any breakfast yet. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. How would you like some nice poached eggs this morning? Oh, I don't care. Anything at all. It won't take a minute. Now look, Bud and Kathy. There's no need to act as though the world had caved in. We'll have a lot of fun all by ourselves. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, we yeah. used to have fun together all the time, don't you remember? We'll play games, listen to the radio. Some fun. Well, of course, if you'd rather go to bed right after dinner. Uh, who is it, Betty? Janie Liggett. And I don't need the five dollars. What is it, dear? Is anything wrong? Oh, no, everything's fine. Janie's sister has the measles, and the whole thing is called off. Oh, that's too bad, Betty. But I'm sure someone else will have a party that you can go to. Oh, that Janie's sister. With 365 days to get the measles, she has to pick Halloween. Margaret, how would you like to give a Halloween party? Oh, Jim, there isn't time. Well, Halloween is tonight, Oh, I don't mean a big party. I mean just a small, old-fashioned Halloween party, the kind we used to have years ago. I don't know, dear. We we haven't made any preparations. There isn't a thing in the house. Well, you've got all day, and anyway, what do you need? A couple of dozen donuts, a gallon of apple cider, and you're all set. What do you say, Betty? Oh, I suppose so. That's what I like, spirit, enthusiasm. (laughs) How about you, Kathy? You mean just... Us? Well, no. Suppose we invite some friends. Each of you may have two guests. Hey, that'll be all right. How about that, Betty? I worked for three weeks on that costume, and now I'll wind up in my own cellar. It's not a cellar, Betty. It's a playroom. Well, it's a cellar to me. Yes, sir. We'll have lots of fun. Good old-fashioned fun and good old-fashioned refreshments. Donuts and cider, popcorn and candy, apples and nuts, chestnuts, walnuts, peanuts... How about it, Betty? Can I invite Ralph? And Billy Smith? Sure. Invite anybody you want. How about asking Janie Liggett? She can't go anywhere. The whole house is quarantined. Quarantined? For the measles? I told you last night, Jim, the epidemic is really becoming serious. Oh, well, we won't worry about it now. Let's finish our breakfast. And tonight, say, we could even have a square dance. Father, could we really? Well, I should say... Didn't you know I was the best square dance caller in Springfield? 
Oh, swing that gal from Arkansas. She ain't been swung since way last fall. Then cross the hall and swing Grandma. All turn around and swing Sally Gooden. <laughs> Margaret! I'm in the dining room, Jim. Margaret, I met Hector Smith on the way home, and I... Holy jumping Jehoshaphat. What's that? What's what, dear? All that stuff on the table. What do they do, move the market up here? Jim, after all, if you're going to have people in for a party... Well, that's a relief. I thought maybe you'd ask them to stay for the winter. <laughs> Six, eight... Holy smoke, ten dozen donuts? Twelve, dear. The children took two boxes downstairs. Margaret, why? A hundred and forty-four donuts... Well, Jim, you have to feed 22 growing children. 22? I told them to invite six. How did it become 22? Oh, like Topsy, I guess. It just grew. Six gallons of cider, five pounds of popping corn, 12 quarts of milk, four cases of soda pop, six... Margaret, where are they? The children? Oh, they're down in the playroom, fixing the decorations. Decorations? What decorations? I asked them to get six kids to duck for apples. Who said anything about decorations? Well, the playroom did look a little bare, and they just thought It was supposed to be a simple little party, just a few kids. That's what I told Hector. And now look. Jim, you didn't invite the Smith. Well, sure, but I didn't know it was going to be anything like this. And Hector just had his teeth pulled, and he looked kind of lonesome. (laughs) Jim, you know that Elizabeth doesn't fit into a thing like this. She'll spend half the night bragging about her Mayflower Stuyvesant ancestors. She'll make us feel as if she's slumming. Well, I didn't know it was going to be anything like this. I I told them they could ask two guests apiece. That's all I said. Well, Betty couldn't ask Marion Swift without asking Grace Russell. And they both had dates. Margaret, I want you to be perfectly honest and truthful. If we had spent a quiet evening at the movies... Wouldn't it have been worth a simple case of measles? Hi there. This is Jerry Marshall. Say, wouldn't a steaming cup of coffee hit the spot right about now? You bet it would. And you know you can have that cup of coffee. Yes, even if coffee usually keeps you awake, you can have your coffee and still sleep tonight if you make it a cup of instant Sanka coffee. You see, it's not the coffee itself that keeps you awake. It's the caffeine in coffee. But 97% of the caffeine has been taken out of instant Sanka. So you can enjoy a cup now, or an hour from now, and not lose one wink of restful sleep. And instant Sanka is all pure coffee, you know. 100% pure coffee, with a wonderfully rich and satisfying flavor. So if you don't have instant Sanka coffee on hand, add it to tomorrow's shopping list. Get the large economy size jar and save money. You'll like instant Sanka's flavor. And you'll love the way it lets you sleep. It's a gay evening in the white frame house on Maple Street. In the basement playroom, the children are raising a veritable tidal wave as they duck for apples. The teenagers are dancing to their young hearts' content. And upstairs in the kitchen, the adults, well, they're not doing so well. 
Elizabeth, I give you my word of honor. I didn't mean to do it. Hector Smith, don't you dare to speak to me again. Not as long as you live. Jim. Oh, come on, Elizabeth. It isn't that bad. I've never been so mortified in my entire life. Not in my entire life. Elizabeth, this is cold. Let me put it on. It'll make you feel so much better. Oh, you got a piece of beefsteak, Margaret. That's good for a black eye, too. Oh. How will I face my friends? What can I tell them? Why don't you just tell them the truth? You were biting an apple on a string, and you zig when you should have zagged. <laughs> really, Jim? The humor of the situation escapes me completely. Sure, you can't see your shiner. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth, it's a pip. To think that I, a Stuyvesant on my mother's side, should come to this. Uh, Elizabeth, if you'll just let me... You keep away from me, you, you monster. Well, I thought you wanted me to let go of the apple. You planned the whole thing, Hector Smith. You planned the whole fiendish thing. Mother! Elizabeth, please put this against your eye. It'll help, really. Oh. Yes, Betty? There isn't any more cider. Well, send Bud up. We have another gallon up here. Okay. I told Hector in the first place I didn't want to come. A children's party, imagine. Me, Elizabeth Smith, at a children's party. Well, you were having a pretty good time before it happened, Liz. Jim, would you please not call me Liz? You know how I loathe that name. Jim. I'm sorry, I forgot. Where's the cider, Mom? Betty said you had some more. It's right here next to the table, dear. Okay. Uh, how's your eye, Mrs. Smith? Oh, it's not well, bud. It's not well at all. Why, that show sure is funny. You should have seen the look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> Bud. All right, Bud. Take the cider and uh, beat it. Some party, huh, Dad? Yeah, boy. What a brawl. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to my son. He always manages to say just the right thing at just the wrong time. Mommy. Just a minute, Kathy. Dear, see what Kathy wants, will you please? Oh, probably another donut if I know Kathy. Don't go away, heck. I'll be right back. Okay, Jim. Elizabeth, maybe if I went out and bought a piece of steak or something... Don't you come near me. Don't you even touch me. <laughs> What's the matter, Kathy? Did they run out of donuts downstairs? Daddy, is it all right if I go to bed? I'm awful tired. Well, I guess so, dear. Uh, aren't you having a good time? I don't know. I feel sleepy. And I hurt all over. Well, Kathy, uh, why don't you... Uh... Uh, Margaret! Yes, Jim? Could I see you for a minute, please? Why don't you lie down on the couch, Kathy? Mommy will be here in just a second. All right, Daddy. Jim, you know how upset Elizabeth is. Did you have to... Why, Kathy, what is it? I'm sleepy, Mommy. I want to go to bed. She said she didn't feel well. She hurts all over. Jim, call Dr. Simmons. Oh, Margaret, there's no reason to get all excited. You Jim, know. will you please call Dr. Simmons? All right, all right. You're going to be all right, darling. Mommy and Daddy won't let anything happen to their little girl. Jim, please hurry. Well, I have to find his number, don't I? Oh, here it is. 3890. 3890. H-U-3-8-9-0. Oh. Tell him she has a slight fever. All right. She has? Oh, oh hello, Dr. Simmons. Uh, this is Jim Anderson. Oh, fine, thank you. Doctor, it's... Uh, yes, she's fine, too. Thank you. Doctor, I... Well, they're fine. Except Kathy. She doesn't feel very well. Yeah, she says she's very tired. Uh-huh. 
Jim, tell him about the fever. Uh, Margaret says she has a fever. Oh, it does? I see. Uh, not for an hour, huh? You, you couldn't possibly make it any sooner than that. All right, Doctor. We'll put her to bed right away. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. In the meantime, I'll send all the kids home. You what? You're what? Oh, no, Doctor. Dr. Simmons, you can't do a thing like that. It isn't human. Dr. Simmons. Dr. Simmons. Dr. Simmons. Jim, is it measles? That's what he thinks. And, Margaret, we'll all be quarantined for a week. Now, Margaret, you just leave everything the way it is and go up to Kathy. Go on now. Shoo. Elizabeth, I... I said shoo. I've got two perfectly healthy men here to help me, and we've got a lot of things to figure out. Go ahead, dear. Kathy will feel better if you're with her. But, Jim, there are so many things to do, and all these children... Well, we'll figure it out, honey. You you go on up to <sighs> Kathy. Margaret, you know you're not doing anybody any good down here. No, I, I guess I'm not. I'll go upstairs, but please call me if you need any help. All right, dear. We will. Now... Jim, I didn't want to say anything while Margaret was here, but... What are we going to do with those kids? Well, I know what I'd like to do with them. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes they got laws against the most sensible things. If you two great brains are through with your little jokes, we'll get down to work. Elizabeth, you know, this is the first time I've ever seen you this way. I mean, with your sleeves rolled up and your hair let down. It looks good. Well, thanks. She'd look even better without that shiner. You and I will go into that later, dear. In the meantime, let's see now. Twenty-two children and four adults. Mm. That means sleeping space for twenty-six. How many beds do you have? Five, without Kathy's. Hmm. Be a little crowded, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, there's always a couch. Well, we have four beds, including the one in the guest room, so that makes nine. Wait a minute. You're not going to all the trouble of bringing four beds over here, are you? Well, gosh, Jim, they certainly won't do anybody any good in our house. We can't expect those children to sleep on the floor. Not for an entire week. It'd be criminal. But all that trouble and inconvenience? Jim, they have a wonderful new invention called the telephone. Hector is going to use it in the morning and call the moving company. Right, Hector? Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell them where to pick up a key and have them bring all the beds over here. Right. Then tell them to empty the linen closet. We're going to need every bit of linen in the house before we're finished. Right. Sheets and pillowcases and towels and everything. Do you have that? Right. That's the doorbell. Right. Uh, (laughs) Go ahead, Jim. It's probably the doctor. Oh, yeah. Look, heck, don't do anything until I get back. Don't worry about us, Jim. We got everything under control. I don't know. You learn the strangest things about the strangest people at the strangest times. Oh, hello, Dr. Simmons. Hi, Jim. Kathy upstairs? Yes, doctor. I'm sure it's nothing serious, but if you think there's anything... You stay here. But, doctor, don't you think I... Enough trouble with mothers. Can't stand fathers. (laughs) Well, the least he could do is let me... After all, she is my daughter, and I've got as much right to be there as... What does Doc say, Jim? Anything more than measles? He wouldn't even let me go upstairs. Fine doctor he turned out to be. Jim, I think we've got everything arranged. We'll have to sleep in shifts, but at least everyone will get a good eight hours rest in a comfortable bed. No, that's fine, Elizabeth, fine. We're going to put all of our beds and linen in the playroom so we don't get things mixed up. And then we'll make that the boys' dormitory. Elizabeth, this is no time to bother Jim with anything like that. Hector, the less Jim thinks about Kathy, the better it'll be. Now sit down, Jim, and drink this while it's hot. 
Oh, oh, thank you very much, Elizabeth. I I don't know how to thank you and Hector enough. Oh, poppycock. What are friends for if they can't help out once in a while? Now, are you going to sit down, or do I have to knock you down? You, uh, better sit down, Jim. She can get pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she can, Heck. Ah, the kitchen. That's where they generally administer to the needs of the suffering father. Doctor, is she all right? Hello, Hector. Mrs. Smith. Well, what happened to you? I ran into an apple. <laughs> Doctor, is Kathy all right? Of course she's all right. I just wish they'd invent a gadget to let parents know the difference between measles and a good old-fashioned bellyache. What? She didn't need a doctor. She needed a stomach pump. <laughs> How about a glass of cider? Well, really? Wait a minute. You, you mean she just had an upset stomach? Jim, that stomach was so stuffed, nothing could upset it. <laughs> but she had a fever. Ma- Margaret said so. Now, you'd have a fever, too, if you'd eaten three boxes of donuts. <laughs> Probably ate the boxes, too. <laughs> Dr. Simmons, you mean that this whole business of quarantine was unnecessary? That's right, unless you consider a human tapeworm contagious. Well, I'd better send all those kids home. Jim Anderson. I certainly hope that you'll provide the proper degree of punishment for that child of yours. Elizabeth. Just a minute, Elizabeth. Kathy didn't do this intentionally. She's only nine years old and she ate too much. Now, what's so horrible about that? Now that I think of it, it was she who suggested that I bite into that, that apple. (laughs) Elizabeth, she just wanted you to have a good time. Well, I had a good time, but this wasn't it. Hector, are you going to take me home, or do I have to drag you? Oh, all right, dear, all right. Good night, Jim. I'm sorry it wasn't the measles. <laughs> thanks, Heck, and thanks for everything. Say goodbye to Margaret for it. Okay, good night, Heck. Good night, Doc. Good night, Hector. You know, Jim, there's just one very good reason why I never got married. Women. <laughs> oh, it isn't that bad, Doc. No, but I'm too old to fence with them. They change too fast. I like something you can count on. Like a good, faithful dog. Well, you can count on Kathy. It's always the wrong way, but you can sure count on it. We'll be back with the Andersons in a moment. Mothers, you've probably heard Bran is good for you because it gives your family important keep-regular benefits. Perhaps you've even served it, but your family didn't rave about the flavor. Well, now, Post 40% Bran Flakes brings you a marvelous new flavor called Magic Oven Flavor, plus a new crisper texture. That's why Post 40% Bran Flakes are not only good for you, they also taste downright delicious. Now you can give your family the vital, keep regular benefits of Bran in a cereal they're bound to enjoy. Next time you shop, remember. For goodness sake, eat post brand plates. So good and so good for you. Try the new 15-ounce family size package. You'll see why post 40% brand flakes are bought and enjoyed by far more people than any other brand flakes. They're really good. And so good for you.
Once again, the Andersons are at breakfast, and once again, the day is bright and clear. This time, however, there's an air of grim foreboding in the breakfast nook, a suspicion of dark, dire things to come. Children, when your father comes to the table, please try not to upset him. Well, gosh, we didn't do anything. I know, dear. I mean, I know you think you didn't do anything, but please be careful anyway. Creepers, it was certainly a long party, wasn't it, Mother? Yes, dear. Kathy, sit up straight. Your father's coming now. Oh, I'm scared. Good morning, everybody. Good Good morning, morning. Father. What a day. What a beautiful, wonderful day. How are you this morning, Kathy? Feeling better? Yes, Daddy. I feel fine. Uh, Jim, do you feel all right? Never felt better in my life. Oh, say, here's something I want to show you. Found it in the paper this morning. Most wonderful bit of philosophy I've ever heard. It's called Formula for Contentment, and it's very simple. All it says is this. Just think how happy you'd be if you lost everything you have right now and then got it back again. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Peaceful home, three wonderful children, a lovely wife. You know, Margaret, I'm a very lucky guy. Yes, dear, and speaking for the children and myself, I'd say we're very lucky, too. year, you have the chance to make one contribution toward all the services of the community chest. Give now. Give generously. Help your community chest serve the health, welfare, and recreational needs of all America and of our service men and women here and abroad. Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson. Until then, good night and good luck from the makers of Post 40% Brand Flakes, the cereal preferred and eaten by far more people than any other brand flakes, and Instant Sanka, the delicious coffee that lets you sleep. In our cast were Rhoda Williams as Betty, Gene Vanderpile, Ted Donaldson, Helen Strom, Eleanor Audley, Herb Bygren, and Arthur Q. Bryan. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden. Brooks, written by Al Lewis. Well, many of us find it extremely difficult to get up early every morning, but our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, has been doing it for years. Yes, and I've learned one thing about early rising that's helped me immeasurably. Once I jump out of bed, close the window, and do my setting up exercises, there's only one more thing I want to do, and that's to get right back in bed again. Friday morning, though, I was up and almost dressed by the time my landlady knocked on the door. Time to get up, Connie. I am up, Mrs. Davis. Come on in. I'm trying to get to school early so I can chat with Mr. Boynton for a few minutes before our first class. Is Mr. Boynton still as unapproachable as ever, Connie? I guess so, Mrs. Davis. But you know something? 
During this past week, I've gotten closer to him than ever before. Really, dear? How did you do that? I've been wearing my sneakers to school. (laughs) I hope I've got time for breakfast before Walter Denton comes to pick me up. There's something he wants to talk to me about before school starts. Well, he can talk to you at breakfast, Connie. My goodness, you've got to keep your strength up some way. We both know you don't get enough sleep. Well, I didn't last night. Minerva slept in here with me, and she was very restless. I don't know what's the matter with that cat lately. Between you and me, Connie, I think she's got something. Between you and me, I think she's got several. (laughs) Maybe it's a mistake to let her get so friendly with the collie next door. They play together all the time, you know. Oh, so that's the source. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Minerva had me up half the night with her pounding. That's just her tail beating on the floor while she's hunting. Oh, I don't mind her tail thumping so much, but every time she catches something with one paw, she applauds with the other three. <laughs> Suppose we join Minerva in the breakfast nook. I've just given her some milk. Fine, I'll have a saucer full, too. <laughs> Sit right down, dear. I'll boil you a couple of eggs. Just one egg will be plenty, Mrs. Davis. Well, I... Oh, <coughs> Walter... That must be Walter Denton now. Just six eggs will be plenty, Mrs. Davis. <laughs> the door isn't locked. Come in, Walter. Ah, hiya, Miss Brooks, Mrs. Davis. Hello, Walter. How do you want your eggs, Walter? Quickly, please. Sure, but it's 7.30 almost, and we eat an awful early breakfast at my place. How early? Quarter to seven. <laughs> I don't know how you're still standing up. <laughs> I'll whip up an omelet for all of us. Miss Brooks, I'd like to ask you about something. What's that, Walter? Well, as you know, Halloween is usually celebrated tomorrow night, Saturday. But Per Conklin's going up to her folks' bungalow at Crystal Lake for the weekend... So, we wondered if it would be all right with you if we celebrated the holiday tonight. Well, why come to me? Shouldn't you contact the Goblins Union? <laughs> we wanted to sort of have a little party. You know, Harriet, my pal Stretch Snodgrass, and I, and uh, we were planning on inviting you, too. Oh? Uh, where were you planning on holding this party, Walter? At your place. <laughs> How nice of you to invite me along. But I'm afraid we couldn't have any Halloween parties here, Walter. After all, I don't own this cottage. I just rent a room for Mrs. Davis. Oh, we've already got her permission. She's going to the movies tonight. Harriet asked her on the phone yesterday. It's just up to you, Miss Brooks. Well, I'm afraid I'm not interested in Halloween parties, Walter. I've got quite a bit of work to catch up on, and tonight looks like an ideal time to do it. Sorry, but you'll have to hold your party someplace else. Gee, Miss Brooks, Harriet and Stretch will be awfully disappointed. And so will Mr. Boynton. Mr. Boynton? Yeah. I was talking to him yesterday, and he was saying what swell fun he always thought Halloween was when he was a kid. And then we invited him to the party, too. And he accepted. And now there's no place to have the party. What's wrong with having the party right here? Hello, principal's office. Osgood Conklin himself speaking. Hello, Osgood. It's me, Martha. We've been married 18 years, woman. I know your name. <laughs> Do try not to be so testy. Do you realize that you left home this morning without even saying goodbye? Well, that's easily remedied. Goodbye. 
call to remind you about your doctor's appointment this morning. He said he wanted to see you before we go to Crystal Lake tomorrow. I am well aware of that fact. I've had plenty of time to think about it during the sleepless hours I spent listening to your dog thumping his tail at the foot of our bed all night. But Prince was so lonesome, dear. After all, we've got each other. He's all alone. Well, he wasn't alone last night. I never heard such scratching in all my born days. What's he got, anyway? Well, he can't possibly have anything, dear. You know he doesn't play with other dogs. In fact, he would have died of loneliness last week if I hadn't taken him over to Mrs. Davis's to play with her cat, Minerva. Well, you've got to keep him away from me. My blood pressure is higher than it's been in years. To make my morning complete, when I bent down to tie my shoelaces, my glasses fell off. Did they break? Not until I straightened up and stepped on them. Well, darling, in a couple of days in Crystal Lake, that will make a new man of you. Now go down to the doctor's and get a nice sedative to take with you. Very well, Martha. It's a good thing I have an extra pair of glasses with me or I couldn't find my way to the door. Now, whatever you do, Osgood, don't break those. Thank you, my dear. I think that's sterling advice. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, it's later than I thought. I'd better hurry. So you see, Walter, if we all meet in the cafeteria at lunchtime, we can make the plans for... Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Miss Brooks, I presume. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Conklin. I didn't see you coming. Oh, dear, I seem to have broken your glasses. Do you have another pair? No, Miss Brooks, I haven't. <laughs> Perhaps I could get you a long stick and let you smash the windows in my office. You seem to be in quite a hurry, Mr. Conklin. Could I maybe take you somewhere? Who is speaking? It's me, Walter Denton. Your daughter Harriet's dream boat. My daughter Harriet's dream... I'll talk to you later, Miss Brooks. Denton, pick up that shattered glass. Yes, sir. Well, what should I do with it, Mr. Conklin? Eat it, you lame brain dunce! <laughs> Mr. Conklin's sure in a bad mood today. He looks pretty purple, doesn't he? Even for him. He certainly is excitable. Hi, Walter. Oh, hello, Miss Brooks. Hi. Hello, Harriet. Did you run into Daddy yet this morning? It's in the hands of the insurance company now. <laughs> His temper's pretty miserable today. Yes, I know. Poor Daddy. He's been depressed all week long. I don't know what it is. We all try to please him. What he needs is some recreation and diversion. Say, I have an idea. What is it, Miss Brooks? Well, instead of my place tonight, why don't we have our Halloween party at your house, Harriet? That way we could surprise your father and cheer him up a little bit. <laughs> Wonderful. Miss Brooks, you've done it again. <laughs> as I was to get back into Mr. Conklin's good graces, I determined to make the Halloween party Friday night a roaring success. I had asked the kids to meet me in the school cafeteria at lunchtime, and the first one to show up was Madison's star athlete, Stretch Snodgrass. Although a whiz on the football field, Stretch's outstanding scholastic achievement occurred during a test last week when he spelled his name correctly. <laughs> coffee when he approached my table. 
Well, here I am, Miss Brooks. Mind if I sit down? Not at all, Stretch, but wouldn't you like to bring some food over before we discuss the party? Oh, no, ma'am. I already ate. Please, Stretch. <laughs> I've already eaten. Oh, good. Then we can get right down to business. Walter said he thought we ought to masquerade as something tonight. That's a fine idea, Stretch. You could come as a student. <laughs> I got my outfit all set, Miss Brooks. I got some chaps home and spurs and, and two six-shooters that shoot real blanks. I'm coming as Hopalong Cassidy. That is, if nobody minds. Why should anybody mind, unless Roy Rogers shows up? <laughs> what are you going to masquerade as, Miss Brooks? Oh, I haven't made up my mind yet, Stretch. Of course, every good Halloween party should have a witch. Yes, I might come as a witch. Perfect. <laughs> Don't sound so enthusiastic. Pretty short notice to get a costume made, and I may not... Why go to all that trouble? Why don't you just wear what you got on? <laughs> Big as he is, I'll have to slug him. Now, look, Stretch, I... Hi, Miss Brooks, Stretch. Well, things are sure shaping up. Look at these swell noisemakers I bought this morning. When did you find time to get all this junk, Walter? I sneaked out of one of my morning classes. Walter, you didn't. Well, it was important, Miss Brooks. Besides, there's no harm done. Nobody even noticed I was gone. That's what I like, a nice, observant teacher. Oh, it wasn't the teacher's fault. You were facing the blackboard at the time. <laughs> Look at this horn. It's got a siren in the mouthpiece. Listen. Please, Walter, you're in the cafeteria. So what? One more blast like that, and the beef stew will pull over to the right. <laughs> going to the masquerade. I got a terrific idea, Miss Brooks. I'm just going to put on an old sheet. Do you think Mr. Conklin will get a kick out of me as a ghost? If he thought it was on the level, it would add ten years to his life. <laughs> well, what are you coming at, Miss Brooks? Oh, I haven't quite decided yet. Any suggestions? Well, just one. I don't want you to think I'm being fresh or anything, but, well, this is going to be a Halloween party, and, oh, I'd be glad to furnish you with a broom. <laughs> I guess I'm a natural for it. <laughs> Look who's coming over. Oh, it's Mr. Boynton. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Hello, Walter. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Hello, Stretch. Hello, Miss Brooks. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Goodbye, Walter. Goodbye, Stretch. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. Stretch. Don't you know the old expression, two's company, three's a crowd? Well, sure I do. But there's four of us. <laughs> Figure out a costume for tonight. Uh, see you later, folks. Yeah, see you later, folks. Oh, so long, boys. Well, Miss Brooks, I think it's a splendid idea you're giving this little surprise party for our principal tonight. It should do him a world of good. It should do us a world of good, too, if he brightens up a bit. What kind of an outfit do you think you'll wear, Mr. Boynton? Well, I've got a skeleton costume home that I used to have quite a bit of fun with in my college days. It's just a black, tight-fitting garment with a bunch of bones hanging on it. Bones? Yes, they're treated with a phosphorescent paint that makes them glow in the dark. It's quite a startling effect, the more so since I gathered the bones when I was an anatomy student. From anyone I know? I don't mean to dwell on it, Miss Brooks, but I find bones a rather fascinating subject, don't you? That depends on what they're wrapped up in. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, how, how are you masquerading tonight? Oh, I don't know. If you're coming as a skeleton, maybe I'll come as a bottle of vitamins. <laughs> I'm really a little 
stump, Mr. Boynton. What do you think I should be? Well, the two most popular figures associated with Halloween are a black cat and a witch. And I'm much too tall for a cat. <laughs> Walter! Oh, Walter! Get a lube job on that broom, boy. Constance Brooks rides tonight. <laughs> I'm glad we're going away in the morning, Martha. Dr. Benson told me I'm very close to the breaking point. Yes. Of course, Arthur. Uh, don't shout so. <laughs> he said that some of my trouble was caused by my blood pressure, but that part of it was due to an overactive imagination. He wants me to be calm, relax more. <laughs> I'd like to see him relax with that recurring dream I've had. You mean the one where the ghost visits you at night? Yes. Only the last couple of times it's gotten worse. Instead of a plain ghost, I've been getting one with Walter Denton's head on it. Really, Osgood, I, I just don't know what you've got against that poor boy. Harriet's very fond of him. Then she should see a doctor, too. Where is she, Martha? Well, she's in her room, dear, getting dressed. She said something about a party tonight. Parties? It's all kids nowadays think about. There won't be any parties at Crystal Lake. There won't be any nightmares either. Why, Martha, do you realize that while I was sitting in the doctor's office today, I saw a bulldog by his desk? A bulldog? It was the shadow of his umbrella stand. But I almost jumped out of my skin before he explained it. Things like that happen to people every day, Osgood. Not to me, they don't. At least they'd better not. How do you think the Board of Education would like it if they thought one of their principals went around seeing bulldogs? <laughs> Just don't mention it to anyone, darling. Now I'm going to get you a glass of warm milk and you stay right comfy in your chair till I get back. You're very well. Yes. That thing looked like a bulldog. Martha's right, though. I'd better not mention it to a soul. Now, who in the world can that be? Coming! Good evening, Mr. Conklin. May I come in? There's no tactical way I can refuse you admission. <laughs> come in, Miss Brooks. Have the others arrived yet? Others? What others? You'll see when they get here. Is Harriet at home? Yes, yes. She's putting on her party dress. Oh, then you know about it. It should do you a lot of good, Mr. Conklin. There's nothing like a house full of people to get your mind off yourself. A house full of... Uh, Miss Brooks, is this party to be given in this house? Of course. I see. And if you'll excuse me, I'll just take my hat and coat and beat an orderly retreat. But, Mr. Conklin... My doctor has forbidden any excitement whatsoever. Your doctor? This is a fine time to tell me. I mean, I didn't know you were in such bad shape, Mr. Conklin. I am on the verge of a nervous collapse, Miss Brooks. But I don't want to spoil everybody's fun. I'll just leave quietly. Leave? But, Mr. Conklin, where will you go? What's the difference where I go? <laughs> I'll just wander around the park like a homeless gypsy. You can't do that. You wouldn't look good in earrings. I mean, you're not a well man, Mr. Conklin. Look. Mrs. Davis is going to the movies tonight. Now, why don't you let me drive you over to our place until I can eliminate the horde of pets, uh, guests who are coming here? You'll love it. 
quiet over there, Mr. Conklin. You'll be able to relax completely. If it will stave off my breakdown, Miss Brooks, it's the least I can do for my family. right after dinner, Mr. Boynton. I guess she forgot to buy a few items for the party tonight. I'm sure she'll be right back. Fine. Swell. This way our surprise will work out even better. Surprise? Yes, ma'am. We thought we'd try out some of our Halloween tricks on Miss Brooks before we go over to Mr. Conklin's house. That's a wonderful idea. I hope I didn't scare you in my ghost outfit. No, I thought you were the laundry man. <laughs> How do you like my costume, Mrs. Davis? My, you've lost weight, haven't you? This, this is a skeleton suit in honor of Halloween. <laughs> Isn't that terrifying? And who's this cowboy with you? I'm Hopalong Cassidy, Mrs. Davis, but I'm really Stretch Snodgrass. I'd never have known. Well, if you'll all go into the house, I'm sure Miss Brooks will be delighted to see you. I've got to get down to the theater now. Oh, what movie are you seeing tonight, Mrs. Davis? Jolson sings again, again. Again, again? I saw it last week also. <laughs> Have a nice time, children. What should I do with this bucket of water we're ducking for apples in, Waller? Oh, just put it down by the piano, Stretch. Now, I'll tell you what we'll do. Before Miss Brooks comes back, let's all hide somewhere so we can really surprise her. Good idea, Walter. Now, why don't you get behind that couch... Stretch, you hide behind the kitchen door, and I'll get into the hall closet. Great. And we'll all come out when I blow this whistle. Okay? Got you, Walter. Hey, look, out the window. Miss Brooks is coming up the walk, and she's got Mr. Conklin with her. Mr. Conklin? Oh, she probably wanted to get him out of the way while we were getting things ready at his place. So much the better. We'll surprise both of them at the same time. Now, first I'll put the lights out. Quick, let's get out of sight. Mr. Conklin, I guess Mrs. Davis has left for the movies. The lights are all out. But it does seem quite deserted in here. I'll turn on this hall light so you can see to hang your things up in the closet. I'll turn some lights on in the living room while you put your hat and coat away. Thank you, Miss Brooks. Miss Brooks! Miss Brooks! What is it, Mr. Conklin? What's the trouble? In your closet! In the hall! What do you keep in there? Mr. Conklin? I see. I see. Tell me, Miss Brooks, is it a long black coat with luminous bones? Luminous bones? Oh, no. Oh, please wait right here, Mr. Conklin. I'll investigate. Oh, it's me, Miss Brooks. You should have seen Mr. Conklin's face when Get he Get was... behind those other coats immediately, Mr. Boynton. But, Miss Brooks... I can't explain now, but don't you dare come out of there until you get a signal. Well, Miss Brooks, what did you see? See? I didn't see anything, Mr. Conklin. It must have been your imagination. My imagination? <laughs> then the doctor was right. Is that, Mr. Conklin? I'd, I'd rather not talk about it, Miss Brooks. If I could just lie down somewhere. Oh, of course, Mr. Conklin. Just stretch out on this couch. I'll go get another cushion for you. All right. Uh... Ah, uh, that's better. 
I must be quite a sick man. If I weren't sick, I wouldn't be moaning like this. I've been asleep. Asleep? Yes. You just hit the couch, Mr. Carter. Which reminds me, maybe you'd better see a good psychiatrist. This screaming of yours can lead to something dangerous. Just, just do me a favor, Miss Brooks. Look behind that couch. Certainly, sir, if it'll make you feel any better. But I assure you, there's absolutely nothing behind this couch. I'm sorry if I startled you, Mr. Conklin, but my cat Minerva's back here. With a sheet? She was making her bed. Stay out of sight, Minerva. There's a good gurga boy. If you don't mind, Miss Brooks, I'd like to take a couple of pills my doctor prescribed. May I have some water, please? Certainly, sir. If you've got an extra pill or two, I'll be happy to join you. Right here, Miss Conklin. I'll go into the kitchen and get some water. Now, on second thought, you'd better come with me. I don't want you to get nervous again. Yes, I, I think you're right, Miss Brooks. Doesn't do for me to be alone lately. Now, where's that light switch? Well, dog might catch it, but ain't roundup time. temporary hallucinations. Maybe we'd better go back to your house. Yes, yes. At a time like this, I suppose I should be near my loved one. Happy Halloween, Mr. Conklin. Look, it's me. Zendron, when did you... How did you... What's this? It's just my coat coming over. Get back to the closet. It's me, Mr. Conklin. I'm a skeleton, see? Look at me, Mr. Conklin. I'm hop along Cassidy, and I'll plug the first ombre that makes the moves. Snodgrass. I'll... Oh, stop that! <laughs> oh, I must uh, I must control myself. What's wrong, Mr. Conklin? You don't seem to be enjoying yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's all jumpy and funny. 
Gosh, Miss Brooks went to a lot of trouble to get this thing organized. Walter, please. Oh, Miss Brooks organized it, did she? Sure, she planned the whole thing. She deserves every bit of credit. Well, she's certainly going to get it. Miss Brooks, I want to... Miss Brooks, Miss Brooks, get your head out of that bucket. This is no time to be ducking for apples. Who's ducking for apples? I'm trying to drown myself. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, Mr. Conklin was so glad to find out that the things he thought had been happening to him had been happening to him that he excused us all and hurried home. Shortly afterwards, I excused Walter and Stretch, which left just Mr. Boynton, the parlor sofa, and me. Well, here we are, Miss Brooks. You know, with that lamplight shining on your hair, you're, you're absolutely, well... Yes, Mr. Boynton. Yoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo, folks! What's that? Look at the window. It's Mrs. Davis with a pumpkin head. Just what I needed. Happy Halloween, Connie. Trick or treat. I've got a trick, Mrs. Davis. Here's 60 cents. Treat yourself to Josen Sings again, again, again. Be sure to listen to Mr. and Mrs. North Tuesday evening over most of these same stations. And be with us again next week at the same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob LeBond speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. I hope you enjoyed our Halloween special here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, An Evening of Old Time Radio, and follow us on Twitter at Old Radio Comedy. Enjoy the rest of your Halloween holiday. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening.